0: It is good karma wrestling. Welcome into another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me as always from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And he is here. Cody's not going to get to finish Cody's story. This man is going to finish Cody's story from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He is Jonathan Hood. Speaking of which, that's where we start. Nice little promo battle that we had. Not really a battle, but nice little promo back and forth between Cody Rhodes, Sammy Zayn, the two challengers for Roman Reigns in WWE, but one guy gets his shot first. That's coming up Saturday night, Elimination Chamber, which, by the way, we're going to have a special show right here, GKW, immediately following the Chamber. So wherever you pull this up, whatever social media feed you find us at or through your podcast channel, you can listen to us after Elimination Chamber. How much of a chance do you guys give Sami Zayn to walk out of Montreal, Canada, As the WWE undisputed universal champion.
1: (laughs) Well, because this is booked by Triple H and company, I give it 30%. Whoa. And and, and here's why. Here's why, guys. That's 30 more than I expected out of you, so I'll take it.
0: Yeah, I was expecting somehow you to dip in the negatives. Uh, Somehow we were going to owe you for whatever take you were going to give us.
1: Nope, I'm feeling good today because the go home show for Elimination Chamber. So for you, bro, it's I'll give it 30%. You know, the one thing about Triple H is so far, can you say that everything's been predictable? Does it feel predictable like the Vince era? No, it does not. They're not really into trying to swerve us, but they also are w- willing to tell a story. And maybe that story is, is that Sami Zayn has a 30% shot to be able to win this. I feel like there's going to be some outside not necessarily outside interference, but something weird is going to happen here at Elimination Chamber. But I'm going to give it 30%. If this is Vince, this is minus 100% that (laughs) there's no way that he would win. But if you notice, just the back and forth between Cody and Sammy is very interesting because they both are trying to strive for the same thing. They want to be the universal, undisputed heavyweight champion. So because it's Montreal, we know it's going to be hot, and we've already identified him as the number one babyface in the company, is Sami Zayn. You know what, Broads? I'll give it 30%. He will not win, but I'm giving you more than I normally do when it comes to Sammy Zayn and him being heavyweight champion.
2: Well, that is very kind of you, and that's the thing. Like, I think it's going to be fun Saturday. There are going to be a lot of false finishes. There's going to be a lot of, is this it? Is that the spear? Is that the haluba kick? And as everyone knows it, listen, this is episode number 50. There have been a lot of these. We've done 49 of them. Sammy being the champion is sort of my ultimate goal here. I want it to be what happens. I've got it at 25%. I, I don't know well, why. I don't think up. it happens. <laughs> I, I up think- is down,
0: black is white. You're coming in <laughs> under jay Hood.
2: Like when, when he starts the bidding at 30%,
0: I just immediately assume you had to up the bidding. How is this yeah.
2: possible? I just don't see it happening this week. I think we're going down the path of the old WWE tried and true method of well, just give him a triple threat match. Just throw him in that way. And while part of them might be able to say, hey, you never know what's going to happen at every premium live event, even the non-big four. Sammy winning would add to that. I don't see him wasting a mania moment. I think we're going down the path of a triple threat, and then my chances of Cody or Sammy winning will feel a little bit higher. I just don't see it happening at a non-big four pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, this is zero percent, guys. Like, I, I, what are we talking about? Like, this is zero percent. They are not ending Roman Reigns. By the way, today reaching nine hundred days. Nine hundred. So Yes, they are not going to end a 902 day reign at Elimination Chamber with WrestleMania right around the corner. Like it's just not going to happen. Even if it made sense to try to set up a triple threat, and look, I think I think it makes the trying to figure out to make a way to make this thing a triple threat. I think is the easiest and best way to get things off of Roman because you can do one of two things. This is one of I have brought this up before. If you do a triple threat with Roman and have the other two competitors pin roman uh-huh. a that makes roman look super strong b that's a way to split the titles sure. like that's that to me is is an easy way out or even if, if you're not ready to split the titles you're still trying to figure that out if you're hunter having cody pin sammy or sammy pin cody also keeps triple h or excuse me keeps roman reign strong and my guess is that whenever this thing comes to its natural conclusion the the bloodline storyline. Roman's probably going to go away for a little bit for a couple of months, kind of the same way that whenever Brock Lesnar would drop a title, he would disappear. Um, But it's not happening in Montreal. It's not happening here. There is a 0% chance, as much as I would love it to happen, and as much as Sami Zayn has been the top babyface in WWE over the course of the last four, five, six months. Uh not going to happen. And there are going to be some great false finishes. They're going to get that yeah. crowd in Montreal eating out of the palm of their hand. They are uh-huh. going to make that crowd believe that Sammy might walk out. They're going to begin believing, no, there's no way WWE is going to let our guy, our underdog walk out of here. They'll have them believing by the end. But at the end, I'm with you, Jay Hood. Something's going to happen. There's going to be, I don't know if it'll to be a Smaz finish. I don't know if it's the Usos. I don't know if it's, but something is going to happen. I don't know if it's KO but there's something that's going to happen that is going to ultimately cost Sammy on Sunday or excuse me on Saturday.
1: Okay. Let's paint some dots here, Gabe Neitzel. <laughs> so what era is Shawn Michaels and Triple H from? What era of wrestling are they from?
0: Well, that would be the attitude era.
1: Ah, the attitude era. And what came out of the attitude era, the major story, there's a lot of storylines, but there was a major story in Canada out of the attitude era. Hmm. Do you recall?
0: Uh, oh man. You know, I you know what, now that you mention it, I think th- I see I I have a I have a problem with history, I have trouble, but I uh-huh. do recall something happening in Montreal. Montreal uh-huh. Ooh, if I could mm-hmm. put the Montreal screw job, I believe that's ah, what we're talking about.
1: Montreal screw job. Uh Brian Rowitz, where is Sammy from? Montreal, as he will tell you. Where's Kevin Owens from? I believe Montreal as well. Yeah, yeah in that same area. Yeah. Now let's <laughs> see. You've got a booker that <laughs> was part of the Attitude Era. The biggest angle besides McMahon and Austin was the attitude, was the whole thing with the yeah. screwdrop with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Who's booking for Triple H <laughs> behind the scenes at NXT? And also, will be there in Montreal. Who's going to be there? Yeah, Sean will probably be there. Mr. Oh, uh, Shawn Mr. Michaels. Sean Michaels. Yeah. Oh, Michaels will be there. This is why I'm giving it 30%. Because what are the WWE, what are they about? They're about moments. Uh-huh. And I, I guess the bigger topic, and we'll just give this out to the other podcasters that are watching the show. What? Who deserves the bigger moment to become the next WWE champion? Look at the roster. Look at the storylines. You have both of them in the ring together on Monday Night Raw. One was Cody Rose. The other one was Sammy Zayn. Who deserves it more? Sammy. Sammy. The defense rest, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my 30%. But that's all I can give you, though, because I don't think he's going to win a title either. But I'll give you reasons why. And it may not be what you want, bro. It's as far as a triple threat. But, I mean, there is a reason why. To, sure. if you're going to change it it's in montreal you could do it and then see what happens at wrestlemania
2: and overall like i'm fine if sammy ends saturday night as a champion even if on monday they're like oh actually that didn't happen i'm fine with that but like it's always the obvious stuff so like the path that everyone seems to have put them on forever is usos versus sammy and ko we have not seen ko since mania or since the rumble sorry but with Jay, there's also the reports out now that he might not be allowed in Canada when it comes to the Usos. And he seems to be the obvious, like, oh, he's the one that cost Sammy. So how do they work that? Is it more elevated for Solo? Like, there seem to be some holes. And, again, we're going to be into Saturday, and there's going to be those false finishes. I just – I don't know. Like, I'm just not buying in just
1: yet. Just a nugget, by the way. The Usos have not wrestled – do we have this right in, – in Canada since 2019? As well, tech tech there's tech. some raw yes. some law that they're not allowed
2: in the country because of their DUI. Huh. Yeah,
1: Rose. that's so so Roman doesn't have his backup outside of Solo Sikoa mm. and um Paul Heyman.
2: And remember, Friday ended with Heyman telling them, Oh, why don't you watch from TV and get that perspective? Because huh. SmackDown will also be coming from Canada on Friday night.
1: Huh. Huh. Sounds like someone's clearing the decks. Roman out there <laughs> by himself, huh? Unless there's like another Samoan that comes out of nowhere. Is it Nia Jax coming in with the interference? <laughs> <laughs> What's, what other Don't Samoan give him guys? any ideas. Vince is, it, is still lurking around. Don't give any ideas. Is it Haku's kid coming in? Oh, I mean, about yeah. Haku's kid's the tag team. Are they coming to the WWE? Well, uh, they, they, uh, Rock's daughter's in NXT. Yeah. She can't do anything. But, but I, mean, yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, so this is why it's all, all intriguing. <laughs> it's all intriguing, isn't it? It's yes. And they've done a great job. And that's the thing.
2: And we talked about it last week. Like this storytelling is organic. And the biggest issue with the Vince era, and especially towards the end, was you ignored all these organic moments. Anytime someone got over by themselves, it was like, oh, no, no, no. That didn't happen in my world. We got to bury them. We got to ignore them. This is organic. This is what the people want. Kofi, Brian, those are mania moments because they were organic. You can't ignore it. This has to end somehow with Sammy being the champ.
0: See, doesn't this put triple H in an interesting spot though? Cause also one of the biggest criticisms against Vince was, I mean, how many times would you just be scrolling Twitter 15 minutes before Raw starts on a Monday And you see a tweet from Sean Ross Sapp, or you see a tweet from Dave Meltzer about how the script got torn up two hours before Monday night raw. And like the script wasn't quite finished and they're not sure how they're going to finish raw. Right? Like Vince was doing way too much booking by the seat of his pants. So now triple H is actually trying to plan out WrestleMania, what his main event is going to be. So the question becomes now for Hunter is, do you stick by your guns and go with that story that you had? Or do you change and do something again? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, He's he's stuck in between two Vince cliches right
2: now, and I don't know which direction he goes. Well, to that point, would you guys be okay if they stay on the path? It's Roman versus Cody, but somehow Cody's the heel. Like, what if Cody costs
1: Sammy on Saturday night? I, he, <laughs> Cody says, I'll never turn heel. Now, he said that in AEW. He didn't say that in WWE. Yeah. And by the way, I mean you he, talk about heat. Yeah, that would yeah. get some heat on Saturday night. Oh,
2: question!
0: And it would make it would make Cody, I and mean, he would get heat. But it would make the Cody Roach character infinitely more interesting to me, hundred percent. In in, in uh, WWE, like I now all of a sudden you got my attention with that character.
1: <laughs> and, and actually, you know what? It's the right story to tell. I mean, if you're yeah. Cody Rhodes, it's like this is about me. It's about my the Rhodes legacy. Yes. It's about my dad. He never was a heavyweight champion in this company, and so I know Sami Zayn's here. And now, like yeah, Sam, Sammy, you don't believe that you could be champion? Oh, right. that promo! Oh, that promo was so powerful. This is this is when the company is at its best. Not just promo setting up a, a, a main event on Raw. I mean, the one on one or the 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 kind of shoot scripted kind of promo where it kind of you know, on the edge of your seat like what's sammy gonna say now i mean that came from the heart that was a promo of his life and then cody's just sitting there just kind of listening to him you don't believe that you can beat roman reigns really i mean that kind of, this mean?
2: is awesome champ before either of them said anything like this is
1: the stare off for promos
2: and like that sort of shows the power of sammy and they're doing a good job attaching cody to it but that might be one way around it if they don't believe in sammy
0: and again, if he turns on Sammy, like that is that that to me, that's a great way to tell that story. Like it's a great way to be able to tell that story. And maybe if you want to revisit, then if, if Cody goes over, revisit Cody, Sammy later down the line, and then sure. Sammy can still get his shining moment. That's fantastic. The problem is, yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing Cody Rhodes agreeing to turn heel this close to his second return in WWE, right? Like, my guess is his merch is still pretty hot. And sure. maybe it still would be if he turned heel on Sammy. But I don't know if it makes business sense from from a money perspective to turn Cody Rhodes heel.
1: You, you know, Cody Rhodes said he would never turn heel. And I know that in WWE has full autonomy on a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. His old AEW theme is out there. He's pretty, he says pro wrestling, says all the things. I know (laughs) some of that stuff's changed since Triple H has taken over, but he, while Vince was still in place, Cody was saying all kinds of stuff that was more wrestling than it was sports entertainment. So, uh, I think that he also has full autonomy on his character. He might have one of those clauses that he has creative control. I would not be surprised if that's the case. He's the same guy we saw in AEW. Could you imagine so but I think from a wrestling standpoint, it does make sense to turn him. Mm-hmm. But I don't but I don't think that he will though. I don't.
2: Hundred percent with you. Yeah, I mean there's they're they're past there. They've done a good job getting us to care. And that's the thing with Sammy. I don't need a nine hundred day title reign for Sammy. I'd be okay with nine days as Sammy as world champion just to get that moment of him winning those titles and being a world champion. That's all I'm asking for, Hunter. Come on, let's make it happen.
1: Just so it you would know. go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I would say it would seem if if Sammy does eventually win a world title. This story would still seem unfulfilled if it doesn't happen in Montreal and he gets that Montreal pop being the favorite son or the WrestleMania moment. It it will feel incomplete. I'll I'll, I'll put that out there and fully prepared that this storyline of the bloodline and Sami Zayn extending it, it is probably going to come to an unsatisfactory ending.
2: And pull out all the stops on Saturday. I don't care. Like, bring back the ska music. Have Brett introduce Sammy. Like, do everything to get those fans eating out of your hands. Do it all Saturday night just to add to that moment.
1: Man, oh, man. And once again, it's not because Sammy's doing bangers in the ring, Brian Danielson. He's not giving (laughs) you (laughs) five-star matches leading up to his main event. See the difference between the companies? Mm -hmm. Brian Danielson doesn't have to prove anything to any of us as wrestling fans. But Sammy Zane's doing it from the mic. He's got the hoodie on. He comes out of nowhere. He looks like part of the crew. And all of a sudden takes the hoodie off and takes it, unzips it like, oh, there's his merch, the Sami Zayn t-shirt, right? <laughs> he's, he's out there and he's confronting Heyman on SmackDown. There he is against Cody Rhodes. and He doesn't have to do a thing in the ring. Think about that. When was the last time we saw Sammy in the ring wrestling 15, 20, 25 minutes in a, in a singles match? There was no need for a build for that. And there's right. a difference right there. Stories. Stories and moments versus five-star bangers that you might forget about tomorrow
0: but in fairness this is like the only story wwe's actually bothered to tell (laughs) whether we're talking vince or hunter this is the only one they've really invested in and and it's been worth investing in because it's it's been the main thing on i mean it's again it's been the best pro wrestling story that i can think of in the last five years
1: uh, no, no question. And by the way, bro, as you're talking about this whole thing with Roman Reigns' 900-day um, you know, reign as champion. He's the greatest champion of your lifetime.
2: Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. I mean, we talked about the numbers, I think, amongst ourselves. 26 title defenses in 900 days, like, they've huh. made the matches mean more. They're trying to do that with MJF, I feel like, but, like, they're meaning more.
1: I mean, um, not, uh, uh, yeah, uh, of your lifetime, not my lifetime. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the, the, think about the stat we are just given out there. How many? How many titles? 26. 20, 26 Brothers.
2: in 900 days.
1: Do you think Ric Flair could have used that, by the way, when he's on the road <laughs> yeah. for 400 days a year, twice on Sunday? You think you think he yeah. could have used that schedule? Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, and we, But here's the difference. We criticize Brock for never being around. But when Roman comes out there, because he's in the best storyline, we're good with it. Like It's our but, pleasure to see him when he comes out. Yeah.
0: yeah. In, in fairness, I think Roman was around a little bit more than Brock. He certainly didn't yes. wrestle more than Brock. He was just around. And <laughs> because of the way they were able to tell the story and always have the Usos presence or have Solo presence or Heyman, you know, you do the, the – oh. Well, the tribal chief just told me this on the phone. So <laughs> sure. even even when Roman wasn't at Raw or Smackdown during this 900-day stretch, there's always been a bloodline and therefore Roman Reigns' presence on
2: the show. But how many times during, I mean, 26 isn't a lot over 900 days? How many times yeah. did we actually believe he was going to drop the belt? I mean, Drew?
1: Well, they had me I with I feel through. like that was starting to yeah, convince so us a
2: little bit. I have. honestly
1: thought
0: I honestly thought early KO was going to win. Okay. Like when K, when and that was still in the Thunderdome era. I, the match where like KO like got handcuffed to something yeah, backstage. Yeah, the Last Man
2: Standing. I believe it was Rumble yeah. last year. Two years ago. Two two years. Yeah, that's right. Because Yeah, yeah. twenty twenty one. Nine hundred so, days. yeah, yeah. nine
0: hundred days long. Yeah. So it was very <laughs> early. He was very early in the Roman uh-huh. Reigns era, and yeah. I thought that I thought the story that they were telling. I thought KO was going to go over, and that's been the last time that I thought he was going to lose. And by the way, I'm still not completely sold that WWE is partially holding out hope that they can get some sort of commitment for Dwayne <laughs> for next year's Mania, and we still somehow extend this storyline I mean, for another three years. The temptation
2: no, of 1,000 has to be there for them. Oh, no, no. Like, you're so close to 1,000 days, I just don't think you're going to Dwayne to show up to Detroit for
1: SummerSlam. I can, I can get my Roman and Rock. I don't need the title to be involved. Yeah, oh hey, agreed. Yeah, Yeah, because 100% agreed. Because if he, if Roman's the champion and he takes on Rock, whatever event it is, SummerSlam or WrestleMania, Rock's going to lose. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to see that. I just want to see, I want to see if they can top the Hogan Rock moment. Or, or pretty much Rock from Toronto for WrestleMania. Right. I, I want to see if they could do that okay, because that would be the ultimate, ultimate passing of the torch. Roman's already a made man. He's a, he's established. But to beat The Rock, okay, you know what? We beat the like one of the best draws in the history of the company, and that'll be it with that. People would love that match.
0: Oh, yeah. People, again, I think that's one you'd have people eating out of the palm of your hand. But, again, that's – the way Roman's really been able to develop that character. Yeah. All right. So many other things to dive into. We do have elimination chamber, so many other things in elimination chamber to get to, but AEW building towards their pay-per-view. We've got something we like to call the three count, the other top three stories in the world of professional wrestling. Brian, where do we in to number one?
2: We talked about Cody Rhodes yesterday, February 15th marked officially one year since Cody and Brandy Rhodes released their statement saying they're leaving AEW. So guys, over the past year, has Cody leaving AEW been more of a negative for AEW or a positive for WWE?
0: I think it's been more of a positive for WWE because it's created a legitimate contender for Roman Reigns. Without Cody, I mean, we have Sammy. Then Right now, we actually have two. We just discussed it for 20 minutes. We have two guys that we believe can actually contend with Roman Reigns. And for the longest time, we've been like, well... Okay, Droop. They've kind of already done that. Okay, Karrion Cross. Well, Triple H doesn't really believe in you anymore, so now you're off the list. And it, just trying to find that contender. AEW's been able to like he wasn't able to compete for the AEW World Championship, anyways. Like he became almost an ancillary character in his own company because of that stipulation he decided to put on himself early. So you know he could wrestle for the TNT Championship or whatever. And, and I felt like Cody was being used sparingly anyway. It's not like he was coming out there on. Every dynamite cutting a promo, doing rest, wrestling or whatever. So I feel like this has been more of a positive for WWE because of the momentum it's given them towards WrestleMania than the last year has been a negative for AEW because that roster has just been so deep. I, I really don't think Cody would have made that much of a difference.
1: Well, look at it from AEW standpoint. When Cody was there, Cody had a lot of mic time. And it felt like actually his dad was there because Dusty would take a lot of Mike time as well. It's about my angle. It's about me at the top of the card. And so there was a lot of that when Dusty was around. And Cody started to get into that a lot. You saw this, right? I mean, a lot of Cody Rhodes. I'm going to, you know, flip off the cage against Wardlow in Atlanta and I'm going to make a moment and a lot of that stuff. And when Cody's gone, what do we have? We got the Young Bucks and we got Wardlow. We got Jungle Boy and we got. Uh, uh, we got uh, Paige, and we've got Britt Baker, and we've got the acclaimed, and so the baby faces, the young baby faces, are starting to rise uh, to the top. And, and so, without Cody, and it wasn't like Cody was holding him down; it just, except Cody was just having a lot of mic time. John Moxley's part of that as well. So, I think that it's actually a negative for AEW uh, because, well, no, I'm sorry, it's a positive for AEW, uh, and I think. From wwe standpoint i like to know after this guys what happens with cody Rhodes after this whole thing with with roman is he going to be the champion and if he's not what happens then does he right. come mid-card does he come top of the card that's what i'm i think that this question could be answered even better after wrestlemania but i think that it's actually a good thing for AEW that he's gone and now other baby faces can shine
2: so that's the thing i think you know, there have been a lot of the signings. I mean, you mentioned Karrion Cross. Like, remember when he originally signed? It's like, oh, well, you know, they need a world champion on Monday nights. Here's their guy. Yeah. And now he's just sort of a dude. I'm curious to see what they do with Cody after this. And that's the thing from a WWE standpoint. Yes, we have a legit star. A year ago, when we're talking Roman, we're talking Roman versus Brock again. We're talking, hey, there's no one else out there. Cody is a favorable, you know, champion. He's got that sort of path now. But also, we see the way wrestling fans turn on guys like Cody. Like, he's going that sort of vanilla baby face of rah-rah, so happy to be here. You know, I want to fight hard. That could get stale pretty quick, especially if he's out there every week crying in promos and things like that. So I'm curious to see how that withstands to the test of time the next few months. From an AEW standpoint, to me, the negativity um, of him leaving sort of happens backstage. Like, does brawl out happen if Cody's there? Like, if he's sort of the in-between of the adult in the room. Like, he sort of felt like that guy, where maybe Tony wouldn't have listened to him all the time, but he'd been there, he knew the indie feel, he knew the WWE feel, and I feel like some of the stuff that we've seen from the backstage standpoint could have been prevented if Cody's back there.
0: That's an interesting point that I had not thought of. And I think, yeah. I mean, if, if Cody's there, I'm willing to bet that brawl out doesn't happen. Now, I think that CM Punk still does his thing of eating baked goods and throwing the Young Bucks under the bus. But I don't think there's an actual physical altercation. I feel like Cody would have somehow intervened before we got to that and whatever happened in, in the locker room before that. But
2: Like he could be sympathetic to both sides, both parties in that situation. And that might have gone a long way.
0: And he and he he was trying to play both sides in an interview earlier this week when he was asked about brawl out. You know he tried to balance that the best he could because he did have a good relationship with CM Punk. Obviously had good relationships with the Elite and and with Tony. So I think he would have been able to. He he might have been able to be that mediator and try to figure that out.
1: Yeah, I saw a, a clip of that interview. He was very much Switzerland and just said pretty much he was pissed off. Not to say that he wished he was back there, but just how everything was built and then it just kind of crumbled on that night in Chicago. And so I could tell he wasn't happy with that, but I mean, he made the best decision for him, but to answer the direction, the, the question directly. And I, again, I think it's a positive for AEW, but I think it's probably more of a positive for for WWE because they do have their baby face. Um, they have their guy because we kept wondering before Cody got there, well, who's going to take on Roman? Who's going to take the championship off him? Is it going to be Brock Lesnar again. Who's it going to be? And so at least, there's a viable challenger. I would agree that Cody Rhodes is in this position to get it done. But you know, a W doesn't miss the beat though. If Cody's there, are they over a million every week? No, because they weren't when he was there. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> no, It doesn't matter guys. It's like, you know, they're going to have their, their issues cause they're still a young company. So I, um, I think it's, it's good for the WWE that Cody's there, especially Cody, the way he wants it. It's not homogenized and just like, you know, Cody light it's Cody. The same yes. Cody was on AEW. What?
0: So now 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 my head's thinking about Cody. <laughs> and like it feels him winning at WrestleMania almost feels too soon. Like the chase is just too easy for you know for him to carry the weights of his brother, of his dad, of his entire family he's going to be able to accomplish this in realistically five matches. I'm not counting what he did against Baron Corbin on Monday night. Raw as an actual match. He was still in his dress slacks, right? Hey. So he has the, th- he has the three matches against Seth comes in at number 30 in the rumble. And then when's he going to wrestle again? Maybe you do not That's watch the next- a
2: month of vignettes. He had to come back from injury and a lot of other <laughs> things to overcome.
0: So like to overcome that in that short period of time, I wonder if, but then you actually do run the risk. If you decide, okay, what if we try to tell a long-term story and have him chase for a year? You do run the risk of the fans turning on the vanilla baby face over the course of the 365 days, so you probably have to cash in quickly.
1: They do it all the time. They did it with John Cena. Did it with Roman Reigns. Got to boo somebody, and 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 it's it's usually someone that the audience feels like it's manufactured by the office, especially under Vince, as we well know. But let's right. let's have a serious question. A real just. Right down the middle question about Cody Rhodes. Serious question. Do you think that Cody Rhodes is deserving of a main event spot at WrestleMania? Otherwise, I'm asking the question, do you think that Cody Rhodes is a superstar? Seriously.
2: From a WWE standpoint, I don't think he is. Like, he doesn't look larger than life. And, like, that's what they've sort of put in our brain of like, Hey, this is what a superstar looks like in this world. You have to be six, five. You have to be jacked out your mind. Cody looks like a businessman. He looks like business. Yes. But he doesn't look like that prototypical guy. He doesn't look like the prototype.
0: So by that, I guess to Sami Zayn? is Sami Zayn a superstar?
2: No, but I don't think he's going to be the face of the company. Like they're going to try for Cody. Cody's going to be on video games. They want Cody, you know, on good morning America and things like that. Like, I don't know if that happens.
1: Just answer the question, Gabe. Is is he a superstar? <laughs> is is he is he really deserving? And I, I've been telling you this for weeks. Say it out loud. Look at it on the marquee. <laughs> Cody Rhodes against Roman Reigns?
0: I I want to say yes. And I feel had he not gotten injured, they may have been able to tell that story. And they've decided right. to tell that story regardless. Without the story, it's I, I look at it the same way with Sammy. Sammy, with the story, within the context of the bloodline, he is so incredibly over. I don't know what comes next for Sammy's name. No idea. And I look at it the same way with Cody Rhodes. Okay, you carried the weight of your family. You got to the top of the mountain. All right, now what? Like, what kind of story are we going to tell with you as this just white meat baby face champion? Like, what what kind of story are we going to tell anything fun? Are we going to have anything exciting? Is there anything going to be good here? And I kind of lean towards... I doubt it, right? Like, I, I
1: just, yeah. I, I doubt it. And-, well well, and... Yeah. Well, I, well, well, look, we don't look at it in Vince's eyes anymore because as far as we know, Vince doesn't book. But the reason why I asked you guys that question is this, is that when, as Bro, just said, what does a WWE champion usually looks like? You know, larger than life, jacked out of his, as Gord. He's either that champion or the underdog champion. That is Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit, Duck, uh, Punk, Kofi Kingston, Eddie Guerrero, Brian Danielson. Right? That's what yep. it looks like. The underdog champion. Where does Cody fall in that? The guy that's that's larger mm-hmm. in life. Good Morning America. The the bit. You know, or is it the underdog? Cody for sure is the way he dresses. The way he speaks. He doesn't speak as the underdog. So where does he fall?
2: Yeah. Neither of those categories. And I think the other thing that we sort of forget about is. The Dusty story, like, it hits home to, like, us. You know, we grew up. We know Dusty. We know Dusty's story. I feel like the WWE audience skews a little younger. So when they're talking Dusty, when they're talking Cody's brother, these kids don't know who you're talking about. Like, they didn't see Dusty struggle. They didn't see polka dots. Like, to them, it's like, all right, cool. Like, can't anyone sort of do that? I mean, Wardlow did it Wednesday talking about his father. Like, anyone can sort of go that fatherly route that is a little bit different right now.
0: That was such a... Like... Tell that before he cuts it off, so it then we know so when good. he cuts yes. it off. Like, oh, like it, It's so good. And why are we telling this after you've cut off? Uh, okay, that's that's not part of this question. It just really frustrated me last night. I'm like, this would have been really interesting to know before Samoa Joe cut the ponytail off.
1: I'm fine with the story, but don't turn wrestler on me in the, right. sa- in the same interview, right? Yes. My dad passed away with cancer, went through a tough time. But Samoa Joe, the bottom
0: line is, well, wait a minute, hang on. Revolution. <laughs>
1: wait a minute. And
2: production-wise, how about just a tight shot on Wardlow there? I don't need to see JR when Wardlow's yelling at Joe to look in his eyes. Like, zoom in there. Come on, guys.
1: Because JR's not taking it seriously. Right. So, I mean, it's just like, I'm good with the story, right? Great story. You know what? Now I feel I feel bad for Wardlow. You know what? Yeah. That makes me root for him. But then he turns into the wrestler. The <laughs> bottom line is Samoa uh-huh. Joe. I'm gonna get you at Resol Okay. Well now you now I'm out of the moment. Thanks very <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, I'm just, out of the moment. Thanks very yeah,
0: much for that. Anyway, <laughs> I think we all agree <laughs> that it's been a positive for WWE, but yeah. I, there's still so much to be there's still so much to be determined. I'm with Jay Hood on this in terms of let's wait and see what happens after Mania. Because win or lose, I have no idea what happens with Cody Rhodes after WrestleMania.
2: No idea. Yep. What do we got? Number two? FTR in the news this week. Dax Hardwood on Instagram shared a picture that showed a piece of paper in the corner that had a WWE logo in it. Dax later tweeted the same picture, and that part was conveniently cropped out. He also added on his podcast, FTR with Dax and Matt Coon that, quote, if we come back before April, I would absolutely love that. If Tony's on board with that and that's what he wants, I would love to. The last FTR match was January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom. We haven't seen him in AEW since December 21st. Where do we see FTR in a ring next?
0: This is just such a hard one to answer because listening to those podcasts is a really interesting listen because he also – he talked about – I don't know if it was the most recent one or one before that about his attitude and and the FTR attitude of – they were kind of pissed off. Like they thought they were lied to initially. They thought that when they came into AEW, that they were going to be kind of pillars of the tag team division along with the young bucks. And that just didn't happen. It just didn't happen initially. And eventually they became a pillar of the tag team community in professional wrestling because of all the other tag team championships that they won. And he, he said, kind of looking back on it now, maybe that's more, hey, that's on me. I should have had a better attitude when we didn't have these things happen for us. I probably should have looked at it of, okay, well, why does Tony not see us in these lights? And now he's got a really good relationship with Tony. But it just made me think that, man, if you got a really good relationship with Tony, then how come you're not going to go back to AEW? Why aren't you just going to re-up? And if Tony's your guy, I, I don't think we see him. They're going to do a live podcast a couple of days before Mania in in LA. My guess is we see him in, in an independent ring somewhere, where I don't know, but I don't think we're seeing him in WWE. I don't think we're going to see him in AEW.
1: Well, I, we've talked about this as a show about how much money you can make on the independent circuit, and I think first of all, FTR needs to heal. That's number one. Um, yeah. They need to heal up. That's the first thing. But I I project that they're going to run the independent circuit uh, and maybe make a return to AEW. But the thing that's so frustrating for me, guys, is that they're just—they just grew up in the wrong era. They just did. <laughs> if, if, if FTR was in the '80s or in the '90s, my God, it was something. I it was tag team rich. There were a few territories that were just doing um, tag team wrestling on top. I know mm. that sounds foreign to like the young wrestling fan. Like, why would a, a tag team match be the main event on a regular basis? It was. A couple of territories loved tag team wrestling. Australia was like that. Everything was Australian rules, tag team wrestling, and that was on top, and that was the draw. FTR is came up in the wrong era because if they go back to WWE, they're not going to be humiliated, but where's the talent? Where where can you have the great matches, right? You go to AEW, you know, as much as I think that Butcher and the Blade are are kind of underrated as a look for a tag team, where, where is their opportunity? FTR, the same thing. Here's what happened. To me, they got cut off by the Young Bucks which is part of the front office. We never got the real solid matches, the series of matches that we wanted. You know, I want a best of seven. I want it with FTR and the Young Bucks. How come that didn't happen? How come we didn't see them enough because they got cut off by the office and that's what happened. As long as the Young Bucks are in that front office, we won't see FTR to be able to get to exactly where they want to be in that company in particular.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that. But the thing is, and I think Tony deserves some credit for it. Like, we've all talked about they were wasted in AEW. Like, they were just not on TV. And It's like, what are you doing? But them getting those other belts, like, Tony was a big part of that. Like, them winning the New Japan belt, them winning the AAA belt. And I think he contributed to that. I don't know. I sort of agree that it's going to be the indie route. But I believe we just talked about it last week. There's money to be made with CM Punk. That is their guy. And like, yeah. if Punk's going to come back, and if you're going to continue drawing less than 900000 now, and you need that Punk Pop, give me Punk and FTR in a trio, and a whatever, and there's your money.
0: I don't know where they are in two weeks, but yet, last night on AEW, they announced that they're doing a regular Battle Royal, and then they're doing their Casino Royale Battle Royal in yeah. two weeks. Uh. And part of the Casino Royale gimmick for AEW is you always have the Joker. You always uh-huh. have that wild card entrance. And if that's not FTR, who boy?
2: Right, and you have a story is, there yep. with them and the guns, like them taking the belt off the guns at Revolution. Like it makes sense story wise. Yep,
0: but I'm not expecting it to happen. And I'm guessing whoever comes in as the Joker to get booed because it's not. I, I just don't believe it's going to be FTR. I don't think you're going to keep them off of television this long. I think that they're just going to wait. They're going to rest. They're going to heal up. They're going to let those contracts expire.
1: I agree with the, with you when it comes to. Uh to FTR and, the, and Punk, that there's just money on the table. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you don't turn away money. Somehow, some way. you got to make money from this. If not, that's just a, a shame. It just really is. Um, I, I just think that FTR should probably just go the independent route, and they can still be able to do that while working with AEW if that comes about. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that tag team. But if they went to WWE, you know what the problem is? Not entertaining enough. Even in a Triple H regime, even in Triple H regime, you still got to have a little bit of entertainment. Well, not said on his Alistair, podcast, Alistair, like, Alistair everyone
2: assumes they're Triple H guys, but they're not. He's like, we're not Triple H guys. Like, I don't really know how he felt about us.
0: Don't you feel so? And, and maybe this is just the one promo. But I feel if given the opportunity, FTR could be that. Like, one of my favorite promos from 2022 was the fight like an eight-year-old girl promo. Like yep. that was one of the promos of the year, and it, and and it, it, it comes from a different spot because it's so personal. But you got to see what F, what what Dax could do when given a microphone, and if they if they're actually given that opportunity, like I think they could be an entertaining tag team. I think they can entertain you with the stories they can tell over the microphone, and then we know that they're going to deliver at whatever pay per view, premium live events, indie show, whatever you want to call them. Just, I want to see him get an opportunity to be able to tell some of those stories.
2: But that's the WWE caveat. If given the opportunity, like if the Usos weren't part of the bloodline, they would not be as featured as they are right now. Like they don't care about tag team wrestling.
1: <laughs> that, that's true. And also, I was thinking about this. Even with the lighter road schedule, every time you saw FTR and AEW, they looked like they needed a body bag. Like, yeah. <laughs> like every every match, they look cut up and beat up. Even if they weren't bleeding, they looked like they were in trouble. They look, they look old, and and they looked uh, beat up, and I'm like, boy, you gonna look like that after a house show in Rockford? You, you <laughs> gonna look, you gonna, you gonna look like that in Des Moines? I mean, seriously, I, I don't. Could they handle the the new WWE schedule besides just the TV? I mean, that's the other thing too. So I just, I look forward to seeing them in your backyard or my backyard <laughs> in some indie show being on top because I know that they can work the way they want to work and they can write their own schedule. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing.
2: What do we have, Brian, at number three? Saturday night from Montreal, it is the Elimination Chamber. Catch us as soon as it ends. But guys, we'll have Roman versus Sammy for the world title. Of course, we will have two Elimination Chamber matches. The U.S. title will be defended with Austin Theory defending against Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. And we will see the Raw Women's title number one contender determined, it'll be Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Natalia and Carmella. Which chamber match are you more into Saturday night?
0: I I want to I think it's the men's because I believe the Murder Clown is going to murder everyone because nobody else makes sense to actually challenge for the Raw Women's Championship. So the Murder Clown going over seems to be the logical conclusion. Whereas I can make a case for a couple of different people in the Men's Elimination Chamber. Ah, and Montez, so Watson,
1: Watson Reed. Let's go ahead.
0: Yeah. No, what Montez Ford floated this out there in an interview that he did, talking about, well, I'm going to go into the chamber, I'm going to win, and then I want to defend it against his tag team partner at WrestleMania. Like, now that is a match that I, I would sign up for. Again, I doubt it happens, but I feel like I can – I feel there's more uncertainty going into the men's, where I think there's a couple people that could win it, versus the women's, where I think it's – it's pretty much Asuka's game and everybody else is just playing for second.
1: Come on, bro. Come on, guys. You want to see the murder clown go out there and just tear it up though. That will be more. Oh exciting, yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Oh no. She's going to be, Oscar's going to be fantastic. Like I have zero doubt about yeah. that. Asuka oh. as the murder clown. Hell yes. In an elimination <laughs> chamber. Oh yes. Yeah.
1: I think somebody, that's be- somebody get her a kendo stick. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. Let's see. Missed Kendos. Does Kendos stick? Let's have the entire gamut of the Japanese wrestler. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let yes.
1: Yep. ladies and gentlemen, she's great Kabuki now. Thank you very much. <laughs> let, her, let her spin in, in in a circle. Let her throw salt. You want a little salt too? Would you like a little salt? Yeah. Hey, I mean, salt? hey, that did.
0: She's got to eliminate five other women, so you know, just coming up with different ways to eliminate all five—that would be
2: fantastic.
1: Let's have the entire eighty stereotype. Let's have <laughs> let's have the salt bit thrown out there. Let's have the prayer in the corner, all that stuff. Let's the do salt that.
2: was always effective. You
1: got to give him credit for that. Huh. Everybody, salt. Want... salt was undefeated. Yeah. All right, <laughs> enough of the Mister Fuji talk. Now, <laughs> I think that I think that Oscar is going to tear it up and be um, be really entertaining. I think the two best in the chamber is going to be Asuka and Montez Ford. That guy's a high flyer. Mm-hmm. And we it, it's its interesting. You bring up the interview. Haven't we been waiting for Montez Ford to be single? He's bulked sure. up for a reason. And then I think his water was cut off at some point. You notice like when Triple H, when the whole Vince thing happened, oh, yeah. all of a sudden he wasn't going to be that singles guy anymore. But you know the turn's happening. And for the Neophyte wrestling fan, here's how you know. Look at Montez Ford with the sunglasses and cooler than his tag team partner. This is just right out of the old wrestling book (laughs) one-on-one. If their tag team looks the same and all of a sudden one of the partners has sunglasses, he's looking off and he's not paying attention. And the other one's like locked in talking to the camera and talking to the fans. You can already tell that the turn's happening at some point.
2: But this would be a fun way to do it. Like have him win the title and then say, Hey, you know, I want to face my partner. We want to have that moment. And yes, it's obvious. You know, he then wins at Mania. They're holding up each other's hands, and then Dawkins turns on him. And you do it that way.
1: But- oh, ooh, like why not? Dawkins like let them have a turns. banger
2: of a match at Mania, and then just do it that
1: way. Then Bianca comes in and says, "What are you doing?" Yeah, you see, doing- that's the
0: that's the problem with Tez yeah. going. Yeah, with Tez going <laughs> heel, then you got to deal with Bianca, who is the you know right the, the biggest baby face they got going right now.
1: Oh yes, she is.
2: And they've got a reality (laughs) show coming up, so you got to keep them a face for that reason as well.
1: (laughs) I mean, you talk about that outfit she can't on a Monday Night Raw. Holy smokes. Who are you talking to there? (laughs) Talking to me.
0: What the hell was that main event? Why would you book a triple threat match on your go-home show Uh with stipulations that would affect the pay-per-view? Right. And then have Bianca win so there's just nothing. like it was just a giant like the opening segment, closing segment of Monday Night Raw, giant waste of time. Huge waste of time. I, I, I I'm beside myself. I'm so mad. I'm so mad that Bianca or Bailey like somebody didn't win that triple threat to get involved
1: into the elimination chamber. So I'm mad that, I'm, I'm mad that Bailey took the pinfall.
2: Yeah, I don't know where that's building. to. Like, we talk about how Hangman and Mox have no ending. It feels like Becky and Bailey are on that boat, also. Like, do oh, they no. know how that's going to end? Because I thought oh, it was Becky, last week. Oh,
0: Becky and Bailey is beyond Mox. And <laughs> they're entering JAS versus BCC <laughs> territory. All right. Like, they're just. Well, I thought we already had the cage match. Yeah, well, too bad. We got to book this next paper, per view, guys. Sorry. We, we got nothing for you. Like, are these two who are going to fight at WrestleMania? Is that what's going to happen? Is it going to be I Bailey guess. versus Becky at Mania?
2: Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, hell in a no cell. Sense.
0: Like, I don't know how to up it any more than a cage match. They're not doing <laughs> Texas death matches in in WWE.
1: Uh, no, no, they're doing it in AEW and they're just called Texas Death. <laughs> Did you know that? The, the promo. Hey, Texas Death. Texas Death, what? <laughs> Good job, you Mox. Texas. I, I, yeah. I mean, Moxie just take
0: it. Like, I don't know.
1: Hey, nothing like a Texas Death match in San Francisco. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> What the f? <laughs> this company, <laughs> Jesus! You want to do a Texas Death Match? You you did, done the loop in Texas? You were just in El Paso. You was in a Laredo. Do yeah, it! They there. did Texas Tornado last night. They hit their yep. bases there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. I mean,
0: I don't know. Cal- California Death Match just doesn't really
1: yeah.
0: doesn't a, really hit. Doesn't hit the San, same.
1: San Francisco Death Match. That doesn't sound good. No. That's how I was in San Francisco. I'm standing on the corner. Coming from the CVS, and uh, guys on the corner, he says, Hey, brother, you got a cigarette? And I go, Sir, I don't smoke. He goes, Good on you, right on. And he just walks off, <laughs> he had, he had a blue jean jacket, like a beatnik. Is that I did? Just, did that's what he lets in. Just that's running to
0: Orange Cassidy in San Francisco. Is that pretty what much, happened?
1: Pretty much. just happened? Just older, much older. Wow burn out oh, yeah we got that anyway. for it.
2: the other thing with the chamber though like I completely agree with you Gabe that like the women's match there's no one outside of Asuka the men you can make a case like in the women's match if it's not Asuka who's number two of like oh I can see this person winning
1: what's the list again
2: it's Raquel Rodriguez Raquel. who smiles I don't know if you knew her gimmick she's very smiley oh god Liv Morgan Nikki Cross Natalia and Carmela
1: well, Natalya's there to, to lose to get the pinfall first. That's what she's there for. <laughs> yep.
2: <Yeah>. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but they're in Canada. Carmella, moment. will be a close second. Um, Carmella. I mean, I guess Raquel. Like Raquel yeah. is like, is she the final one with Oscar?
2: There's no reaction when she comes out.
1: Raquel. Yeah. Yeah. That's well. That's a white meat baby face for you with no character. Just yeah. smiley. It's. She's that's almost it. like. She's like Vince era. Smile, goddamn it, you're a baby face, and it's so fake and forced. Yeah, you know, and just like you well, know well it
0: it seemed like she might they kind of teased a heel thing like I don't know, two, three weeks ago on a SmackDown, and that didn't go anywhere.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, who who's worse, Lacey or Raquel Rodriguez? Oof.
2: At least they tried different things with Lacey. I mean, she's on her 17th character, but they're trying.
1: Seven. She got a 10-year contract, was she Mark Henry? She's out there for I mean, I mean, God Almighty. I saw her on SmackDown, like she beat some or I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's not over, too. That, oh, that also is not over. I don't know what you're doing. Like, nobody's paying attention.
0: Yeah, but yeah, at least they're, I mean, they're trying to build something, you know? I mean, okay, we're going to build her up as this American hero. Okay, nobody's buying that, even though she was obviously like, you know, <laughs> a actual member Mary, of the yeah. service academies. You're like, Okay, so that didn't do okay so we're gonna turn her she's gonna be healed but still have the military connection and at least they're trying to build something around her with raquel that's just like, yeah I you know go out there turn your back, look over your shoulder smile and flex like I mean, that's literally what she does and yes I can't uh-huh. care about it like give me a reason to care
1: right I, she has a smile and a wide back. That's uh-huh. what I got from raquel. that's what I've got so far and it's like okay, you know what? Uh, do me a mia culpa. I'll do me a mia culpa on on Liv Morgan. A little Whoa. spicy. A little spicy. She's a little. Is that a heel? I'm watching. I think it's a little heel. I like it.
0: Okay. Yeah, it, again, she she slapped. It was Raquel that she slapped a couple weeks yeah. ago. Right.
1: That was the Delicious. best. She goes. <laughs> she goes. Yeah. You know, I went to this palm reader. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> she goes. Yeah. This is what my palm says. See you out there. Yeah. I like it. Right, so I nice. guess, I guess from that perspective, Liv is Liv
0: number two then behind. Because she, I mean, they're at, they are building. They're they're trying to do things with Liv as well, where she yes. is starting to trend towards heel right now. Okay. I would say she's a tweener, but at least they're telling a story. They're trying to do something with her.
1: All right, by, so that, and, there's something there, at least. And by the way, I heard you, bro, It's try to talk up Natalia because they're in Canada. <laughs> she's she's Calgary, not Montreal. But <laughs> so, no, it's all-encompassing. Come on, she's no, going to come no, out with a Canadian not.
2: flag. No, <laughs> it's
1: not. Montreal is different from every other province up there. <sighs> Give it's, her her a moment. She's due. I Hey, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. She should not just be some carpenter. She actually should be, like, in. she's a good wrestler. She's still going to go. Looks great. She still can go, but she's just there for the young people just to work with. You can tell. I I remember a dark match in Chicago, and she was the first one out, and she got this huge ovation, and in two minutes, she lost to Aaliyah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well,
2: All right, what do we story. have at news Howdy and night. Notes? On that
0: note, let's move on <laughs> to news and notes.
2: All right, we'll start on a somber note. Monday, wrestling legend Jerry Jarrett passing away at the age of 80. Jerry Jarrett doing that in the ring and outside the ring, a big part of the UWA
1: formation. Uh, by the way, before we get into that, dude, were you surprised to see uh Jeff wrestling on Wednesday yes. night? I was I not up there, no,
0: I, okay. wasn't, I wasn't surprised just because, and again, I think that's what that's what we see these guys do. It's what we saw. I mean, and it happened maybe a couple weeks and and Mark had a little bit more time, but we saw Mark get to have that match. And even the match that Mark had last night, he's still, you know, looking at the camera, giving a message to his brother. I, I just think that whether we're talking professional wrestling, whether we're talking professional athletes, especially like second generation athletes, the way that Jeff Jarrett is, this is the connection that he had with his dad. So that's why... I know I'm very hard on Jeff Jarrett on this show on a regular sure. basis. Last night, he should have been out there. Like, if that's what you wanted to do to honor his dad, good on you, Jeff. Like, good on you and good on AEW for giving you that platform. Because, again, the Jarrett name ha- does carry weight in the history of professional wrestling. And, and I think that's just when you get to these situations, you know, th- the one that I default to being in Wisconsin as a Packers fan was when Brett Favre decided to play that Monday night football game back in 2003 when his dad died. It, his dad was his high school football coach, you know, like he had that connection. And when you have that connection with your dad through that sports or thing that you do, I, I feel a lot of these guys go, Hey, the best way I can honor him is going out there and doing the job because that's, that's the bond that we had. So I was not surprised to see Jeff out there.
2: And check out the rocks Instagram, pretty heartfelt message about the impact Jerry Jarrett had on his dad's life. But also reaching out to Jeff Jarrett and saying, hey, I get it, you know, coming up as a wrestler's son and like how our dads
1: were. So uh, and bro, I'm going to have to do a longer form podcast on this by itself. But just a few cliff notes. So Jerry Jarrett was the most successful territory promoter uh, for his time. And he promoted the the Memphis Territory. There is no Monday Night Wrestling without Jerry Jarrett you yeah, know people that have watched Raw for a long time. It's like, oh, Raw's been around for a long time. Well, it started with Memphis first. And right. where, here's where it started. Memphis had shows at the Mid-South Coliseum, 52 weeks a year, only on Monday nights, only on Monday nights, they were able to get that building every Monday night, 52 weeks a year, drawing anywhere between five and 8,000 fans weekly. The in-ring promos that we see that we always say, oh, these long promos that we see in, on Raw all the time. You know what started? Started in Memphis. Well, to add up, real ahead. fast, I
2: think you'll enjoy it. I haven't read it yet. The the ringer with an article. The title: Jerry Dr- Jerry Jarrett created pro wrestling as we know it.
1: There's no question about it. Um, the the when you see the in ring promos, um, and also the skits, those all came from Memphis. And Vince McMahon watched Memphis wrestling, and he was able to adopt a lot of stuff that Jerry Jerry put on that Memphis TV uh, on WWE television. There's no TNA without Jerry Jarrett, for better or for worse. TNA, when it started off, it was a pay-per-view only um, uh, program. It was just you had to go on Wednesday nights and order it on pay-per-view, and Jerry Jarrett was part of that. He was a benefactor for that financially. So simply put, Jerry Jarrett means so much to the wrestling business. You had to be – you had to, if you want to be somebody in wrestling, you had to go through Memphis first. That means Hulk Hogan, that means The Rock, that means Stone Cold Steve Austin, that means The Undertaker. All those guys went through Memphis to take on Jerry Lawler, to be in the main event, the Mid-South Coliseum, to draw money every Monday night for them to eventually go to WCW, to go to the NWA, or go to WWE. So all the stuff that you see in WWE that was in place now, it started with Memphis Wrestling. They're on a local channel, Channel 5 in Memphis, and they drew like Super Bowl numbers and you say, well, I mean, what does that really mean in Memphis? That means like 95% of the city is watching Memphis wrestling on Saturday mornings for a 90-minute show. Unusual, right? That's not 60, not, not two hours, a 90-minute show. So that's the legacy that Jerry Jarrett leaves. Terrific booker all throughout the years. And again, I have to do a separate podcast because it's a, a long-form thing uh, of his career in the wrestling business. But Jerry Jarrett leaves quite a legacy. And uh, you think about Vince McMahon. You think about Jerry Jarrett in the same way in the in the Memphis territory.
2: On some lighter notes, the AEW Ring of Honor news announced last night. Mark Briscoe officially is all elite. He beat Josh Woods last night in Dynamite. And Tony Khan tells Sports Illustrated Ring of Honor TV tapings will take place February 25th and 26th at Universal in Orlando. TV show will start March 2nd on Honor Club.
0: Uh, good for them. I still don't have any reason to sign up for Honor Club, so. <laughs> Best of luck to you. I doubt I'll catch an episode. At
2: least we have a date.
1: Yeah. We were waiting for it for a while. He kept teasing it. and Finally, we have one. Good to see Mark Briscoe in there. I didn't know what to expect with that match against uh, Woods. It actually was pretty good. And, yeah. Uh, it was, oh, yeah. It's better than I thought it was going to be, though. Um, just another solid, I think, good wrestler in Woods. that doesn't get a lot of time. I'm glad he's in there against a veteran like, like Briscoe. But uh good to see Mark Briscoe. He's still holding on to that ROH Tag Team Championship. Yes. And I wonder what's going to happen with that. Maybe that first couple of shows, maybe they'll uh, provide some clarity.
2: Saturday night's Elimination Chamber, but it's also another show if you haven't figured out how to cancel your New Japan Pro World yet. New Japan's Battle in the Valley from San Jose takes place Saturday night, 10 o'clock. Some of the top matches, IWGP World Title Match. Okada takes on Tanahashi. The women's title... Ooh. Kyrie defends against Mercedes Monet, her return to the ring, and in a loser leaves New Japan match, Eddie Kingston takes on Jay White. Yeah, I mean, Jay White
0: just did a loser leaves Japan match, but now this right. one, since it's happening in the states, I guess he gets away with still being right. able to wrestle in the promotion. Everybody in the world knows his contract is up. He's going to be one of the hottest free agents um, <laughs> up here for professional wrestling. Um, so can I, I know it's on fights, but can I get it through my New Japan? That's, I got to figure that I out. Sure if, I can, so. if I can actually get it through my New Japan World subscription that I do have yet to cancel because I don't know how through the New Japan Pro Wrestling website. Haven't haven't been on that site ever since I watched Wrestle Kingdom in early January. So maybe a little bit of research. Because I am going to – we're and we're not going to have time to watch that show live because we're going to be coming on live right after Elimination Chamber. Mm. But – I am going to definitely be watching that show back at some point because I want to see how Mercedes Monet looks in the ring.
2: Yep.
1: So, what if somebody on this show has a second screen experience? Now, what time is Elim- Elimination Chamber ending? 10 Eastern? <laughs> uh, 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 11 Eastern? Yeah, 11, 11 Eastern probably. 11, 11 probably. I mean, Eastern. There's only
2: five matches right now.
1: I think that someone's going to have a second screen experience and take a look, and we'll be talking about this live as it goes on. Can I mean, we get I'm more Mo-
2: into Eddie Kingston Jay White than I am Brock versus Lashley, so I will gladly volunteer for that.
1: That's I, I right. like the idea. If we get the Monet match early so we can talk about it in the Elimination Chamber like review show, if we can get that, that'll be fine. It'll be a little double dip. I like it fine with that
2: and finally in news and notes some more wrestling to watch rick flair on the to be the man podcast says a new reality show is being pitched to both fox and netflix around the wives of pro wrestlers it'll feature on nature boy's wife randy Orton, kurt angle and jake hager of course i like this hat <laughs> but does his wife find out episode one of this new show
1: I, I I'm not watching this. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I what an wait, eclectic wait.
0: mix! I what know. an eclectic mix of wives hanging out. Think about this. Think about so Rick Flair's wife.
1: Uh-huh. And I
0: don't know she's younger than Rick, but Randy Orton's wife, and he, you know, so they're if she's around the same age, early 40s. Jake Hager's wife, same. But then Kurt, how old's Kurt Angle's wife? Like, I mean, this is we're hitting a lot of demographics here with the age range of these. Of, of the women that could potentially be participating
1: in this show. Great idea. Just came Uh-oh. to me. <laughs> Our wives should watch the show and they take these three boxes ah. and, they, and they take it over. <laughs> That's what they they should watch it. You know, we're not watching it. They should come, come in. She should come here in the hood cave, sit down <laughs> Michelle and watch this. And, and then review it on GKW. What is it? GKW women. Or we'll just That's rename. Right. So, <laughs> what did Medusa
2: rename us? A like girl's
1: kicking something? Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, yes. I've
0: got a better chance to getting my wife to come on, sitting down, watching Elimination Chamber, and then coming on to review Elimination Chamber <laughs> than I've got her. To, she'll come to wrestling shows with me, man. Like, it's fantastic. But she, I, I, there's no chance I could ever convince her to sit down and watch the real housewives of
2: professional wrestlers. Like, I Are you saying you me. guys don't watch Nikki Bellis as I do?
1: Uh, yes, we are saying that. Yes, yeah, we yeah, are, me too. Know. Totally, definitely. Yep. Me too. <laughs> definitely, Mickey, <not>. <laughs> uh, definitely. Definitely not haven't seen that episode. Nope. Yep. I agree with you guys. <laughs> that's a, that's. A, I think that's a great idea. I think that all three are watches in town and sit there. Do 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 do. This is. <laughs> that's
2: what we should do. Maybe I really want that... to know also, like, how those four sort of know each other, like. Are they, they hanging out together, or are we just fe- focused yeah. on just the four of them? Like... They, they don't know each other. No.
1: <laughs> they don't know each other. That sounds like a disaster, by the way. <laughs> it sounds like a disaster. It's, no. it's
2: Hey, Nate gets like another that, paycheck.
1: I don't like that concept at all, actually. <laughs> I do not. The, the real housewives of wrestling, first of all, the truths will never come out. Because, you know, um, Ric Flair's wife has got a whole bunch to say, but they will never make air.
2: Well, here's the positive, maybe. What, what, if Rick gets I, enough money for this reality show, maybe prevent another final match.
0: Look, I don't I don't need a show to show me like Rick's wife getting mad because he's coming home at two AM again. Like I just don't I don't need that. I already know that happens. I don't need to visually see it. Like, he bragged about how much he drinks in the Peacock documentary that he did. Like, oh, I'm still drinking all day every day.
2: Like
1: yeah. Rick,
0: that doesn't sound great for a guy who's had the health issues you've had.
1: Recoiling in his seat is Tom Rinaldi. Couldn't believe what he yeah. was going
2: to... uh,
1: Jesus, so bad. I, I, I don't like have, the concept. And... But you no, know what I do like? I do like Elimination Chamber. And we're going to have a, a great post-show after Elimination Chamber. For all everyone that loves GKW and watches this show, listen to the show, boy, we're going to have a great post-show because this will tell the story of Sami Zayn. It'll tell the story of Cody Rhodes. It'll tell the story of Roman Reigns. I cannot wait for Saturday. It's going to give us such a clear
0: picture heading into WrestleMania. Yes, I am. I am excited for Elimination Chamber. Maybe for the first time ever. Like, I've always watched Elimination Chamber, but I don't know if I've been this excited for it because it's really going to set the stage for so many things going forward for WWE. But before uh, we get out of here, we have to talk about our match of the week.
2: What'd you guys have? For me, I feel like it was sort of a lighter week, but I go to Monday. I have the Triple Threat match. I have Bianca, Bailey, Becky... But the one note I wrote, and we sort of talked about it, why? So, but overall, I thought it was a good match. Oh. I was like, yeah, that's why? That's yeah. all you have? Uh. Yeah, that's how I felt about that match. But a good match.
0: The fundamentals of that match, yes, like everything that happened in the ring, sure. Yeah, and some of the running stuff, kind of strange. Yeah. But look, and, but the same thing. I can say the same thing for the AEW triple threat match that closed their show last night. I was entertained by that, and at the end didn't really get any sort of sense of why it happened other than you're you're trying to play off Ruby Soho but she right. still didn't choose a side so <laughs> i don't know why you did that either like it would, that was not lost on me that the main shows of raw and dynamite both featured women triple threats matches that while entertaining in the ring did not provide anything to the larger stories being told
1: see what happens when you rush danielson and mjf yes yes uh, mjf and danielson were in laredo and but they didn't touch, but you know Christopher Daniels comes out there. He takes the beating. So I mean yeah. I understand that storytelling, but again there's a gap between now and the beginning of March the Revolution. So you know I thought it was a dog too. I thought that <laughs> that show overall uh, did not did not work for me. What was the final? By the way, what was the final total attendance? Twenty uh, Not great.
2: Eight 800- hundred. It was in the eight hundred. Yeah. 800, yeah.
1: Eight twenty four. Yeah. Ooh. Man. Yeah, twenty four. The main event has something to do with that. Sorry, it just. It but just I mean, did.
2: honestly, that whole show, like, it just felt like a sort of whatever
1: show. Yeah, it's it's. But you know what? Crowd's into it. Lorena. Yeah, well, was because into again,
0: it. because you threw, we. It was the same premise that we have when we talk about the, you know, premium live events or pay per views. Like they had a lot of matches last night, and the action in the ring was great, which is great yeah. for the live crowd. But as for a television show and telling weekly stories, like. What got, what got advanced? I, I guess we, Ward Wardlow's got... hair.
1: <laughs> Wardlow's hair. Yes.
0: And, and Mox in
1: Texas death. Yeah. Yes. I mean, no matches, Texas death. That's all. Right.
2: And yeah, I'm trying to think what else like moved. I like even the Cole thing, like it was good, but like, we already knew he was coming back. Like I thought he was already cleared. So yeah. that didn't really move us towards anything. Yeah, we're, date, well, and like, we're starting
0: to approach the he came back too soon territory because he gave that he gave that great promo a month ago and it's been the same crap ever since. Like, yeah. let's see him, let's start building that story, man. Now we're less than a month away from revolution. How are we not telling a story with Adam Poole?
1: Hey, but Amen. you know what? Hey, but you got Christian back. All right. So uh-huh. the matches I thought they were great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. So are you gonna close the loop on this? Is this the last yeah. match? Uh, clearly they're going to fight each other at Revolution. Is this the end of this, or is there more with this two? Like, no. And where's Luchasaurus? What's his deal? Where is Luchasaurus? Uh, I was one of the 520,000 that watched Rampage. Um, is that what it was? Something like that. Blackpool yeah, was- Combat Club against yes. uh, Butcher Blade and yes. Saban. Uh, I thought that was a really good matchup. Yep. I really liked that match uh, on Friday night. Um I, and this is why I probably brought Butcher and Blade earlier. I said, you know what? Give that they tag. Can go, tonight. man. Yeah. Like Butcher Butcher cut his hair. Yeah. Oh,
0: he's got a different look, man. He kind of looks like the uh, one of the bad guys from the Mike Tyson punch-out game. That's, yes. that's the look he's got right now with the <laughs> shaved tag, the big mustache. That's what he looks gotta like.
1: Can I gotta tell you something? The Butcher in 1979 would have been making big-time money. Oh, yeah. Wait, Ooh, yes. Look, oh, my God. And and um, uh, the Usos against Strowman and Ricochet. Just that the Usos yeah. came back together. Uh, and that, you know, again, this is why the ratings are so good on SmackDown. You just keep stretching it out. You know, there's Jimmy on the phone. You know, Jay, you coming? You coming? And then like finally he shows up, comes down the stairs to the Mohican son. Pretty cool moment. And yeah. I thought it was a really good match between Ricochet and uh, Ricochet and Strowman. I'll, and
0: I'll tell you what, that Strowman Ricochet tag team has just grown on me. Like. It was kind of cobbled together because of some of the things that Braun Strowman <laughs> tweeted, but they've kind of worked together. They, their finishing move of getting Ricochet up on Strowman's shoulders, <laughs> yes. like that's it's a fun move, man. Yeah. Like that's fun. I've, I've kind of bought into that tag team. That was tremendous. I agree that the the trios match and I enjoyed the Blackpool Combat Club um, tornado tag match last night. Um, on um, so that's why that's why I had the mock shirt on today because I thought he had a yeah. couple of matches that he really delivered, uh, both on Friday and then last night's uh, on, on Dynamite.
1: Just one little quick note about that, guys. Does Roosh know this is a work? Yeah. Does he <laughs> understand? Well, that's the other
2: thing with him. Like, work, what are right? we going to do with him? Like, he talk <laughs> about five star bangers. At least Brian is building up to something. Like rush
1: goes out there and delivers every time he's in the ring. Roosh lays it in like it's a shoot. And it's yes. like, dude, why is he a heavyweight champion? Like, like he, he goes there with a serious look. He throws you into the guardrail with authority. I mean, everything everything is solid. You yeah, know, like, are you sure? Does he understand? Like, guys we're working here. But right. that stuff right. is
2: what works. If you listen, um, talk as Jericho did a Jay Briscoe sort of memorial show, and they had the bucks on and one of them said, like, there were multiple times before Briscoe matches against the Bucks where they would turn to each other and were like, they'll remember this is a work, right? Like, they were a friend with them, and then they see them get all worked up just coming into the ring, like, we're good, right? Like, they know it's a work, right? So it worked for the Briscoes. Damn.
0: Like, do you think, you think that the reason that match happened last night is because Mox saw him working stiff a couple of times on Rampage, and Mox like, you know what? I want me some of that. Like, I want to work with that guy. That guy, that guy does it right.
1: I love this guy. I love this guy. (laughs) Ah, Let me cut my head again. Ah, More blood. More blood. So disgusting. (laughs) Poor Renee. You have every right to divorce him just based on him cutting his head every Wednesday. Every single week. God almighty. It's not special, guys. You cut your head every week. It's not special. So now I can't get sympathy on the baby face because you're always cutting yourself. So you're, now you're just a clown. And I like Mox, by the way, as far as the in-ring, but I could do – he could entertain me without the blood. He's oh,
0: yes, 100%. 100%. It's, it's gratuitous at this point. I don't understand why he does it each and every week. It's just like it's – it's a question of not – it's how much. Like how much is he going to bleed is pretty much what it comes down to every time we see him on our television. And you know he's going to bleed a bunch in early March when he has his Texas death with – with uh, Hangman Adam Page,
1: a hey, hey, pressed advance. Just a little advice from GKW: Don't dig so deep. I know it's your first yeah. time cutting yourself. Holy cow! Ooh. What a gashed! Yes. You're not supposed to bleed a gusher, son. <laughs> no, jeez. It's not the '70s <laughs> where if I cut myself, I get an extra two dollars, two hundred dollars <laughs> in my pay envelope. <laughs> jeez. Maybe
0: that's how Moxis think he thinks he gets paid. That's why Tony's giving him so much. It's because he cuts himself every week. Uh, do I remind you, once again, we are going to have a special live GKW Saturday night. It'll be right after Elimination Chamber. Wherever you watch this, that's where we're going to be. If you download the podcast and listen back to us, that will be available immediately after we're done as well. So maybe you can listen to that on Sunday morning. Uh, and there's no football. So, yeah, why would not you listen back to this or watch back uh, watch this back on Saturday night, Sunday, because Elimination Chamber, one of the biggest things happening this weekend. So we'll be with you right here Saturday to discuss it all after Elimination Chamber. We'll be back next Thursday on GKW.